This show is made possible entirely by listeners just like you. To donate or become a member, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from Real Time with Bill Maher, The Daily Show, Media Matters, The Young Turks, That's Bullshit with Sam Cedar, The Rachel Maddow Show, The Progressive, and The Onion Radio News with a bonus video clip for our iPhone app users from The Colbert Report. This Mother's Day, all Americans must pause and extend a special thanks to the women who maintain our homes, who take care of our kids, and who still make time for sex with Dad. I'm talking, of course, about our nannies. Now, lost in this whole immigration debate is why Americans want to be so harsh on the people who in so many and varied ways enable them to sit on their fat asses. (laughs) Nannies, valet parkers, gardeners, housekeepers, pool boys, car washers, house painters and handymen, all the people who do the things we're a little too busy or important to do. There are plenty of people to be mad at out there, the jerks at Goldman Sachs, the idiots at BP, the guy who charged you 50 bucks for these tickets? (laughs) Why set our crosshairs on the humble, servile people? Well, I'll tell you why. Because we're bullies. Instead of confronting real threats like the debt or the environment or Utah, We pick out the poorest, most defenseless kid on the block, illegal immigrants, and say, what are you looking at? But I'll tell you something, you anti-immigrant hoopies. As usual, you're mad at the wrong people. It was corporate America. It was corporate America that busted your unions and didn't keep your pay up to the cost of living causing your wife to have to go back to work and Esmeralda have to come in and watch the kids. Your problem is low wages, not low riders. (laughs) You know, in the 1940s, fewer than one in five moms worked outside the home, ironically most in bomber factories to beat Nazi Germany, a place like Arizona where you always had to show your papers. I kid. That's an unfair comparison. The Germans knew how to dress. But all this anger that we see might be more understandable if illegals came here with a bad attitude and sent the crime rate soaring. But they don't. The Justice Department says violent crime in Arizona is at its lowest point since 1971 and property crime lowest since 1966. There is no problem. There's only dicks and the politicians who pander to them. Now, I know this is anecdotal, but I've hired several immigrant housekeepers. Legal, I might add, in case anyone at the White House is considering me for a cabinet position. (laughs) And they've all done great work, especially on my monologue. While the one American-born Caucasian guy I hired to do some handyman work stole my tools. You know who you are, Stephen Baldwin. (laughs) Now, sometime in the distant future, 
brown people are probably going to, and I say this without judgment, breed their way to power in both Europe and America. Arab populations are growing in countries like France, Britain, and Holland. And I think we all see where this Mexican thing is going in America. <laughs> That's right, because they fuck more, the darker-skinned people are going to rule the world, and white people, for their own self-preservation, should get a start on being nice to them now. Nice! Just be nice to the poor and desperate people who change our depends and cook our food, hopefully not in that order. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Immigration, specifically a new law in Arizona known as SB 1070, which requires police in Arizona to check the immigration status of anyone that they suspect is in the country illegally, while not using a person's ethnicity or appearance alone as grounds for suspecting them. <laughs> so really, anyone could be pulled over, even this pickup truck filled with legal Scottish Highlanders. <laughs> We're here to tend your garden. Yes, yes, wait. You can take our hoses, but you'll never take our rakes! You'll never take our rakes! I, I'm sorry, I pulled up every wire that's ever been under my desk. I apologize sincerely, and I hope that I do not have my testicles electrocuted during the program. Or do I? <laughs> of course, the law... <laughs> the law faced steep opposition. Hey, remember, Arizona's home to outspoken immigration moderate, Senator John McCain. I made it very clear my views. Enforce the border, a guest worker program, and some way of earned citizenship for those that are already here, and I'm ready to fight on it. I'm sorry, that interview was pre-insane McCain. <laughs> Before he was locked in a Senate primary battle with ultra-conservative firebrand J.D. Hayworth, let's hear a more up-to-date immigration quote. We have to address the issue of the people who are here illegally. No amnesty. Many of them need to be sent back. Ah, so I guess before when he said path to citizenship, he meant path back to Mexican citizenship. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised McCain changed his position given his new campaign slogan, Just tell me what to say and I'll say it! <laughs> But while John McCain has embraced this new law like Sammy Davis Jr. holding on to Nixon, boom, deep cut. Oh, that's a deep cut. That's, that's a... Ask your grandparents. New resistance is coming to the law from the federal government. Now, 
the Department of Justice has at last filed its lawsuit challenging the law. Oh, the Obama administration saying that immigration falls under federal auspices, not state auspices. Go and reverse Tenth Amendment on Arizona's ass. Constitutional <laughs> supremacy battle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fox is going to have to break out in-house constitutional scholar Judge Andrew Napolitano to smack down Obama. So did the government gin up racial tensions over an issue it does not apparently think has any legal merit? Lee Dobbs is my guest now. Did it? Oh, absolutely. Bold move. <laughs> Bringing on Lou, I can't stand illegal immigrants and I've spent the last 15 years of my life haranguing them Dobbs <laughs> to find out what he thinks. Mm. I wonder what he thinks. Racial tensions have nothing to do with it. Constitutional question. Why didn't you go with Napolitano? Arizona statute is unconstitutional because it wades into an area reserved by the Constitution exclusively for the federal government. It will encourage the police to stop people on the basis of way, the way they appear. And the Supreme Court does, does that not allow yet? that. Agenda breach! Agenda breach! <laughs> Napolitano's gone free jack! Nap's gone rogue! Auga! Auga! <laughs> Trank him! Trank him! The 14th Amendment empowers the federal government to... Tag him and bag him, boys! Tag him and bag him! By the way, nice haircut. I'm guessing Team Jacob. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm being told he's had that haircut for a very long time. I apologize. Of course, racial profiling is a concern even in Arizona, which is why Arizona has produced a 90-minute training video for its enforcement officials. And on one point in particular, it could not be clearer. Arizona and its political subdivisions cannot tolerate racial profiling if Arizona is to remain consistent and fair. Nothing in the law allows racial profiling. No officer should ever say, show me your papers. That's just rude. Is that guy the Emily Post of the open range? <laughs> Racial profiling is rude. <laughs> Tasering Mexicans? Why, it's just not done. <laughs> and remember, officers, always serve subpoenas from the left. Take documentation from the right. But that's pretty straightforward. Of course, the law is not without its nuance. An officer can't make an arrest. You can't arrest an alien who is authorized to be in the United States simply because they don't have immigration documents in their possession. All aliens are required to carry their proof of alien registrations with them at all times. Any alien in the U.S. who has not obtained proper documentation is subject to detention. So they can't arrest you for not carrying your papers, but if you don't have your papers, you can be detained. <laughs> I guess that's what's known in Arizona as a catch viente dos. <laughs> can anyone just do the cops a solid? Help out the cops and just sum this law up in plain English. Reasonable suspicion exists when an officer is aware of specific articulable facts which, when considered with the objective and reasonable inferences, form a basis for particularized, particularized excuse me, suspicion. 
Mexicans are Our top item today, right-wing media figures continued to champion Arizona's controversial immigration law, with several slamming Mexican President Felipe Calderon for saying that he strongly disagrees with it. Felipe Calderon, the president of Mexico, told a gigantic lie, and the Democrats in the House and the Congress gave him a standing ovation. I guess that people are coming across the border to live in America because you suck so much in your government that you can't clean up the corruption and you can't stop the drug runners. Who could, in their right mind, stand up and look at themselves in the mirror after clapping for the Mexican president who just ripped a, uh, a governor and a state in our country? But today's most outrageous comment goes to conservative leader Rush Limbaugh, who also had some thoughts on the Arizona law. The Arizona law is the equivalent of the blue dress. And Obama's not backing down. Robert Gibbs is going to explain what a tough spot they're in. People should understand that. It, it, we all know that despite what you learned on Schoolhouse Rock, it's not 50, it's 60 votes in the Senate, right? Probably to rename a courthouse, it takes 60 votes, right? There aren't 60 Democrats in, in the Senate, and they're not necessarily of the 59 that are there or that normally vote with the Democrats, they may not all support it. You have to have the support of uh, the many Republicans that have uh, in the past believed uh, that comprehensive immigration reform was the only way to move forward. So if this doesn't get done, is this the president's fault or is this the Republican failure? I think it is clear, it w if it wasn't clear before today, the president laid out exactly what the problem was that we've been facing for uh, years. He laid out very specific solutions to what needs to happen. He is ready, willing, and able to work with anybody. But unless or until those on the Republican side come back into this arena and decide this is a situation that they want to solve, it won't be solved. All right, so just as I told you, oh, it's the Republicans. We'd love to do it, but they're twisting our arm. What can we do? So here's how the political decoder ring works. So you put this on, and then it translates uh, political nonsense talk into real English. So whenever you hear the Democrats saying, oh, we need 60 votes, that means they're not going to try. They don't want to do that. They don't want to even uh, give it a, a real shot. So th that's their way of saying, white flag, forget it, we're not doing it, right? Now, they don't say it on every issue, obviously, because on some issues, they want to get something, right? They want to get something they could call health care reform. They want to get something they can call financial reform. Uh, and when they think they got the Republicans on the ropes, whether it's on unemployment benefits or anything else, or BP, they pound them. And they, they never come back with, oh, wow, we need 60 votes. We can't do it. We can't do it. They say, oh, look at what the Republicans did. Come on, isn't that terrible? And they go and they get the job done in one way or another, right? So... As you heard it there from Gibbs, from now on, you also have the political decoder ring. When you hear a Democrat saying, we need 60 votes, that means they don't really want to do it. Okay, so that's the situation with immigration. And now let's hear uh, Barack Obama give Republican talking points on this. Let's go to clip number three. There are those in the immigrants' rights community who have argued passionately 
that we should simply provide those who are illegally with legal status, or at least ignore the laws on the books and put an end to deportation until we have better laws. And often this argument is framed in moral terms. Why should we punish people who are just trying to earn a living? I recognize the sense of compassion that drives this argument. But I believe such an indiscriminate approach would be both unwise and unfair. It would suggest to those thinking about coming here illegally that there will be no repercussions for such a decision. And this could lead to a surge in more illegal immigration. And it would also ignore the millions of people around the world who are waiting in line to come here legally. Look at me, I'm in the middle, I'm in the middle. <laughs> no, I'm not a progressive. No, 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 watch, I'll kick the living crap out of this progressive point. Damn, take this, okay? All right, but he's not done yet. Let's go to clip number four. Today, we have more boots on the ground near the southwest border than at any time in our history. Let me repeat that. We have more boots on the ground on the southwest border than at any time in our history. We doubled the personnel assigned to border enforcement security task forces. We tripled the number of intelligence analysts along the border. For the first time, we've begun screening 100% of southbound rail shipments. And as a result, we're seizing more illegal guns, cash, and drugs than in years past. Contrary to some of the reports that you see, crime along the border is down. The bottom line is this. The southern border is more secure today than at any time in the past 20 years. That doesn't mean we don't have more work to do. <laughs> do you like me yet, Republicans? <laughs> okay, look at this. Oh, by the way, what did I just tell you? What did I just tell you, right? So what is it? Uh, oh, I doubled the border guards. What are you talking about? Republicans vote for me. Uh, and Latinos, ah, uh, you know, I gave it a shot. Turns out we need 60 votes in the Senate. <laughs> what are you going to do? That's a tough break, huh? I didn't realize I was voting for a Republican. Look, I don't mind these points. These points are not crazy. They're not terrible. And I don't, like, do you want to double the border guards? Look, I, I'm not sure I believe in the efficiency or the efficacy of that, but okay, I don't mind that, okay? And we do have to get, of course immigrants have to do it the right way, the legal way. I came in the legal way. Of course I'm in favor of that. But you can't just do that. You've got to give us the other side. You have to also say, all right, but if people do it the right way, we've got to give a path to citizenship. And we've got to have a reasonable, sane way of dealing with the 12 million undocumented immigrants in the country. So when you only give me the Republican side, well, that's when we get frustrated. I love hearing from listeners who write in to tell me about how this show positively impacts their lives. It reinforces the idea that what I'm doing really may be making a little bit of a difference. What I love even more is that it's the support of the listeners themselves which makes this show possible. If you appreciate the service this show provides, you can make individual donations or become a member and donate $5 a month or even save a couple of bucks by paying for a year in advance. Member support gives me the time it takes to produce 10 shows per month, and in return, members receive access to bonus audio and video content through members-only raw feeds. 
For details or to sign up, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Thanks so much for your support. just discussing what, what, what the heck's going on in Arizona. We send our newest and perhaps our most multi-ethnic correspondent, Olivia Munn, to Phoenix to find out she filed this report. Arizona. It's a state in turmoil over recent draconian legislation. This is racial, racial profiling at its worst. Very racist, unconstitutional, un-American. And State Representative Carl Seal has seen the kind of damage an unjust law can do. It's grossly unconstitutional. Most of my constituents, the vast majority, are real alarmed by it. I've co-sponsored legislation to end and, and remove these cameras. Cameras? Uh, yeah, the highway speed camera, photo radar, it's called here in Arizona. Yes, SEAL is outraged at the invasiveness of 38 remote speed cameras covering 6,000 miles of highway. He's fine with Immigration Law 1070, a law that requires police officers to check the immigration status of anyone they think might be illegal. That one he actually co-sponsored. So is it a conflicting message to support Immigration Law 1070 and also be against the camera system? No, the photo radar unconstitutional, definitely uh, an invasion of privacy. Uh, as to 1070 and the enforcement law, the police officers must have probable cause. Such as? If a vehicle's going down the road at an excessive rate of speed, that's probable cause. What the f***? Wait, so speeding is probable cause to check immigration status, but speeding is not probable cause to give you a ticket for speeding. Radar reads how fast you're going over a couple points on the freeway. Technically, you, you may be exceeding the speed limit. The camera, high-speed camera, takes a shot of you. It's as if these cameras prosecute not on reasonable suspicion, but on irrefutable evidence. Uh, I... Uh, clearly it's better to have officers issuing tickets. But some bigots like Frank Hines believe the cameras should stay pointed at people living here. Arizona needs to keep the cameras on the freeways. And these extremists freely admit to singling people out based entirely on their rate of speed. Cameras on our freeways are targeting speeders. Wow, oh, I can't believe you just come right out and say it. Could you know, you know these cameras are rolling? Right? Yeah, yeah. Red light means on. I can't. You want to try to take that again? Let me. Let's take it again. Who specifically are these cameras targeting? Cameras on our freeways are targeting speeders. Wow. Speeders, lawbreakers. We're rolling. Yep, you don't sure. care. No, I don't care. Cameras target speeders. You're a speedist. No, I'm a responsible driver who is concerned about the innocent drivers on our our freeways who are being killed. And while 1070 continues to cost the state, these cameras are devastating a much greater economic engine for Arizona. Truckers that Representative Seal knows personally. Many of the commercial truckers that I've spoken to personally are concerned that they get a photo radar ticket, they get points. They're going to have to look at maybe avoiding Arizona. That's a serious loss. Exactly. Think about it. Four cups of coffee, a quarter for the shower, then you've got, what's the price of corn nuts? The gasoline that they purchase and the tax on that gasoline. And then there's probably a job from a lot lizard uh, I, I clearly uh, it's hurt Arizona economically and while the impetus for 1070 was the tragic murder of one rancher these anti-speeding zealots have the audacity to play the life card 
the Arizona Department of Public Safety statistics show that there have been 19.2% fewer fatal crashes since the camera program has been in place. But the co-sponsor of 1070 isn't having any of that. The Department of Public Safety has claimed the number of fatalities has fallen 19%. Is that worth the invasion of privacy and stealing our civil liberties? You pose an interesting question. Uh, in public policy, I mean, one of the great founders of our country, Benjamin Franklin, I believe, put it that if you sacrifice liberty for safety, you get neither. Ben Franklin also famously said, that guy looks Mexican, let's arrest him. But through all of this hardship, Arizona hasn't lost its sense of humor. We kind of have a joke down here at the Capitol as far as the uh, photo radar is concerned. So instead of keeping them on the freeways, mm. we'll take them down and put them on the border. <laughs> so what, what was the punchline? We take them down from the, from the freeways and put them on the border. I'm sorry, can you say it one more time? The joke is, why don't we just take them down and instead of throwing them away, let's put them on the border. So, so the punchline is that we're... That wouldn't it be better to observe illegals coming into our country? I'll write that one down. It's good to know that with people like Seal at the helm, Arizona is in exactly the kind of hands we always imagined it was. Cedar at this is a special crime report. Violent crime is running rampant in southwestern states and cities all along our border with Mexico. Gang affiliated illegal immigrants are violently threatening the lives of innocent Americans making it completely unsafe for us to leave our homes in Arizona, New Mexico and Texas. The drastic surge in violence is unprecedented and something drastic must be done to restore our way of life and protect our children. I'm Sam Cedar at and everything that I've just said, except for my name being Sam Cedar, is total bullshit. During the last week of May, Obama responded to Republican fear-mongering by pledging to send 1,200 National Guardsmen and an extra $500 million to the border states. Why? Because Republicans threatened to hold the defense bill hostage, and he got a letter from cranky presidential loser and soon-to-be ex-senator John McCain in which McCain and Republican Senator John Kyle wrote that, quote, it would be irresponsible not to do everything we can to stop the escalating violence along the border with Mexico. It certainly would be irresponsible if violence was escalating. But unless by escalating they mean decreasing, it may be time for Kyle and McCain to get on a phone and call somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about. Here's the reality. According to the AP, a new FBI report says the cities with the lowest crime rates in the country are all in border states. 
southern border states. And a report by Customs and Border Protection says their agents face far less danger than ordinary street cops in most U.S. cities. The FBI report goes on to say that violent crime in Arizona declined in 2009 and that violent crimes in southwest border counties have dropped by 30% over the last 20 years to some of the lowest per capita in the nation. Bureau of Justice statistics show that property crimes in Arizona are at their lowest levels since 1968. So what does all this mean? Well, for one thing, when people talk about violent crime and undocumented immigrants, they are talking out of their derrieres. That's foreign for ass. It means that conservatives know that heading into an election, their best tactic is to scare the shit out of white people. It also means that Obama just wasted hundreds of millions of dollars on a cowardly political gesture to appease Republican senators who aren't interested in any type of real immigration reform anyway. And finally, it means that true immigration reform, which would involve amending NAFTA so an American ear of corn sold in Mexico wasn't cheaper than a Mexican ear of corn sold in Mexico, and changing our drug laws so that Mexico doesn't continue its slide into narco-statism won't be happening anytime soon. Until then, unfortunately, the only thing that is escalating in regards to our border is not its insecurity or violence, but the type of rhetoric conservatives are using in an election year. Bullshit. Makes his bed in a row, down the trail he will go, singing his cattle call. But we begin tonight with the United States of America versus the state of Arizona, a dramatic legal showdown settled today between the federal government and its 48th state over the thorny issue of immigration. Today, a federal judge in Arizona put a hold on parts of the state's new papers, please immigration law that were set to go into effect just six hours from right now. The stroke of midnight tonight in Arizona, police officers were to be required by state law to demand the immigration papers of anyone they stopped who they believed to be in the country illegally. At the stroke of midnight tonight in Arizona, legal immigrants would be forced to carry their immigration papers on them at all times in order to prove their legal status. No longer. With a ruling handed down today at around 1 p.m. Eastern Time, a federal judge in Arizona put a temporary hold on those parts of Arizona's new law. The judge essentially agreeing with the United States government that those provisions go too far. In her 36-page ruling, U.S. District Court Judge Susan Bolton ordered a temporary court injunction against some of the most controversial provisions in Arizona Senate Bill 1070. Specifically, a provision that requires police officers to check the immigration status of a person they arrest if there is a, quote, reasonable suspicion the person is in the country illegally. A provision in the law that makes it a crime to not have your immigration papers on you. A provision that would require anyone arrested to prove their residency before being released from jail. All these provisions were essentially struck down today by this federal judge, at least temporarily. Now, in some cases, because they infringe on the role of the federal government to control immigration policy, and in some cases, because what Arizona wants to do here is just too onerous. 
In the case of checking the immigration status of everyone arrested, the judge wrote today, quote, requiring Arizona law enforcement officials and agencies to determine the immigration status of every person who is arrested burdens lawfully present aliens because their liberty will be restricted while their status is checked. In the case of requiring legal immigrants to carry their papers on them at all times, the judge ruled today, quote, the United States asserts and the court agrees that the federal government has long rejected a system by which aliens' papers are routinely demanded and checked. This requirement imposes an unacceptable burden on lawfully present aliens. Now, this judge didn't wipe out the entire Papers, Please law. She actually upheld a number of different parts of Senate Bill 1070. For instance, a provision that toughens state laws regarding human smuggling, a provision that makes it a crime to stop your car to pick up a day laborer, a provision that amends the crime of knowingly employing an unauthorized alien. All of the, those provisions of Senate Bill 1070 will, will go into effect tomorrow as scheduled. But the most controversial aspects of this bill met at least temporary defeat today at the hands of this federal judge. On the losing end of this court battle, Arizona's Republican Governor Jan Brewer, who signed this bill into law back in April. Governor Brewer was, not surprisingly, defiant today. That obviously is a little bump in the road, I believe, and that, uh, you know, until I get my whole arms around it, uh, we don't really exactly know where we're going to go. I think that it's important to remind everybody that uh, today, uh, they absolutely, the federal government got relief from the courts to not to do their job. All this is a short-term pause on the implementation of this law, while its ultimate lawfulness is determined in federal court. Today's ruling is not a permanent striking down of Arizona's law, but it is the first legal victory for its law's opponents. Joining us now is Nina Perales, Southwest Regional Counsel for MALDEF, the Mexican-American Legal Defense and Education Fund. MALDEF filed a suit raising similar claims to the ones ruled on today in federal court, and Ms. Perales argued that case in front of the same judge last Thursday. Ms. Perales, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you for having me. So the lawsuit filed by the U.S. government raised same sorts of issues as the suit filed by MALDEF. Do you see this ruling as a win for your group today? Oh, absolutely. On behalf of all of the clients that we represented in Arizona, we're very pleased with the, uh, with the injunction that the judge ordered today, uh, halting uh, the major key provisions uh, of SB 1070. This essentially blocks the state from implementing what is what was going to be a state immigration system that created state immigration crimes and that forced uh, local police officers to maximize their questioning on immigration and maximize enforcement on immigration. Now you, the, the judge essentially upheld some parts of, did uphold uh, aspects of the law today and some of which that your organization objected to in your legal briefings. What about this decision do you disagree with? Well, yes, it's true that the court did not enjoin certain parts of the statute. Some parts of the statute had no teeth. Some parts were not challenged by anybody. But one example of a place where we were seeking an injunction from the court and did not receive it was with respect to these uh, two-day laborer provisions that you mentioned earlier related to getting into a car, uh, in order to work and uh, the court felt that at this point in the case she was unable to enjoin them because of some other case law that's moving through the appeals uh, system 
but we're confident that uh, our First Amendment claims on those grounds will be victorious later in the case. That, that, that aspect of the law struck me as one of the most impracticable in terms of figuring out if, when someone's getting into a van, if they, <laughs> what, exactly what purpose that is. But the, this is just a temporary injunction, and I'm, I'm, walk us through what the next step forward is. I mean, there's two lawsuits here. There's a DOJ's lawsuit, there's your organization's lawsuit, and there are differences between them. What are the next steps here? Well, the next steps are that the cases will move forward in the district court in front of Judge Bolton. Uh, we still have uh, most of the case to go where the judge is going to hear evidence and argument and make a final decision about the challenge to SB 1070. In the meantime, though, the state can decide, although I don't think we've heard yet, uh, that it wants to take an appeal uh, immediately to the Ninth Circuit and try to get the Ninth Circuit to uh, remove Judge Bolton's injunction. And we just don't know what will happen yet with respect to that. So we might see that appeal. I should note that in the opinion, in order to grant the injunction, the judge ruled today that there is a likelihood that uh, Maldef and, and the U.S. federal government would succeed on the merits. So that uh, is promising. You can support this podcast at no additional cost yourself when you shop at Amazon through a special widget posted at bestoftheleft.com. You can use the widget to search for what you're looking for or simply click through and shop the site normally. Better yet, click through on the widget once and bookmark that page to use every single time you shop. By doing this, Amazon will donate around 7 or 8% of the cost of your order to support this show without adding a dime to your bill. It's very little effort on your part, but can make a huge difference to support the show. Check out the widget on the right side of bestoftheleft.com. Thanks so much for your support. Fortunately, we still have judges in this country who are unafraid of the madding crowd. I'm speaking, of course, of Judge Susan Bolton, who, as you know, issued a preliminary injunction on Thursday against the most noxious aspects of Arizona's anti-immigration law. Judge Bolton recognized that Arizona was improperly trying to trump the federal government's authority on immigration issues. But she went beyond that legalistic point and struck at the heart of the matter. There's a substantial likelihood, she ruled, that officers will wrongfully arrest immigrants who are in this country legally. The law, she added, would increase the intrusion of police presence into the lives of legally present aliens and even United United States citizens. Governor Jan Brewer, the George Wallace of our day, countered, the fight is not over. In fact, it's just the beginning. And what worries me is Brewer might be right about that. Not only will this court case drag on, but so too will the demonizing of immigrants from south of the border and the smearing of those like Judge Bolton who defend their constitutional rights. All that is still brewing. In the news today, Judge Susan Bolton decided to place an injunction on certain parts of Arizona's controversial immigration law, a decision that did not sit well with right-wing radio hosts. They attacked Bolton and her decision. She wears a robe and she has a gavel, but she's not a judge. She's a partisan political operative of the left. Muslim terrorists are going to have a field day in Arizona. They attacked undocumented immigrants. The state is bankrupt primarily because the illegal aliens have sucked us dry like locusts. And they attacked the city of Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona is the kidnapping capital of the world. Well, outside Mexico City. 
Phoenix, Arizona, the, 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 throw Mexico City out of it, Phoenix, the kidnapping capital of the world. Now, should the local authorities stop arresting kidnappers? The federal judge has stopped uh, the Arizona immigration law. It was supposed to go into effect at midnight tonight, and already people had been gathering. They were daring the police to, um, you know, check to see if they were immigrants or illegal immigrants or not. There was uh, protests, uh, and of course, the sheriff over there was going to arrest everybody. We're going to get to that in a second. And um, all of a sudden, a federal judge comes in and goes, "Hold on, I'm stopping him. I'm stopping. It. No moss." If she actually said no must, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Republican heads exploding. No. Uh, so she said, look, we got a number of issues with this law. And you know what? I partly agree with her and partly disagree with her. So she says, the part of the law where you can, uh, you know, if you've pulled over anybody for any reason, you can ask them if they're illegal immigrants or not, that, that's going to ensnare a lot of legal residents here who don't happen to have their paperwork. It's not constitutional. She's against that. I agree with her there. Number two, the part of the law that says that uh, people must carry around their papers all the time. She says that's not right. I totally agree with her. I mean, what are we, like East Germany during the Soviet Union? Papers! Let alone Germany from the old days. Right? No, no, no. We're America. We don't carry around our papers. Well, that's, that's crazy talk. Okay? JR, come do on get, in. Do I get to guess the part that you disagree with her on? Yes. Go. Watch. Check me. Watch. I've been working with you way too long. It's the part that says the people who are trying to get work and they're standing on corners or looking for individual work, daily workers, they don't have to have anything or any, any representation of legal status. Bingo. J.R. Jackson, he knows his stuff, man. That's right. Look, there's a huge jurisdictional issue here. Should the state be allowed to even deal with these immigration matters at all, or should the federal government? That's a really close issue, if you ask me, and it might go one way or another depending on the particular uh, part of the law that you're talking about. And I would hear that out a lot more if I was in court, would hear both sides, etc. So, and that's a real tight issue. But on some of the specifics like, hey, look, in Arizona, can I pass a law that says if you're out in a public sphere, and you're trying to get a job, I can't have you being an illegal immigrant, I'm going to call that a crime in my state. I think, hell yes, you can do that. And, and now, my progressive friends will tell me, they're not illegal immigrants, they're undocumented. And they're right about that, I know, because it's technically, you know, not a crime, it's, they just don't have the proper documents, etc. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, they're breaking the law. Okay, so you're going to come and tell me that I can't pass a law in my own state that says, this guy who's breaking the law... I can, you know, stop him if he's in a public area. Of course you can stop him if he's in a public area and he's breaking the law. So, uh, yeah, I disagree with her there. The second part I disagree with her on is uh, if someone's already been arrested, okay, well, that's, in my mind, is a totally separate matter because that's not pulling people over on the side of the road going, hey, hey, hey are you illegal or are you not illegal? And that's not racial. Someone has already been arrested for another crime. Then can I do some checking in to see if they're legal or illegal? I think almost certainly yes. I mean, I know I say yes to that. And I bet if you did a, if that was the law alone, if they didn't overstretch on all the other stuff, and that was the law, you'd probably get, what, 70, 80, maybe 90% of the country agreeing with you on that law. 
Okay, I mean, I'm sure there'd be still some people saying, no, even if they're arrested, you shouldn't check their paperwork. I, I don't even see the logic behind that. So, and she said th that you shouldn't. So I disagree with her on that. And the reason she says it is because she says, well, then you're going to hold up a lot of legal residents for a longer period of time while you're che checking their paperwork. Well, then let's get the paperwork quicker. <laughs> okay, I don't want to be flippant about it. And no, I can't have you keeping a citizen or anybody in jail for a week or two weeks or a month while you check their paperwork. No, if that's the case, then I flipped over to on her side. But assuming that we do it expeditiously, and, and by law you have to, well then I say, yeah, of course you can check to see whether they're here legally or not. Uh, so there is a compromise here we can find. I think with whether it's the courts deciding on this, Arizona uh, you know, setting their laws on this, or even on a federal scale. Uh, but we're not there yet, and so, and I want the people who are in favor of the Arizona law to understand what we're actually objecting to. We we can't be East Germany. You can't go around to people that look Hispanic or Latino and say, ah, I, don't, I pulled you over because you're blinker, and I show me your papers. That's crazy. That's not America, right? But once they're arrested, that's a whole different story. And and on the jurisdictional issues, I'm going to do a rare thing we almost never do on the Young Turks. I'd have to have more evidence. I'm not ready to rule on that yet. <laughs> I love to rule on things, but that's really a legal issue that you'd have to hear two qualified attorneys make a case on before you make a ruling on that. Because, look, let me just expand on that just a little bit. Now, there's a lot of liberal conservatives who say, states' rights, of course Arizona should be allowed to do whatever they want. But there's also a lot of liberals who agree with states' rights because they say, oh, gay rights, right? Gay marriage, states' rights. So that's a complicated issue. Uh, and it's not doesn't necessarily break down as conservative or liberal. In this case, you know, immigration issues, control of your borders, it's almost foreign policy. That's a very federal issue. So I'd be leaning towards the federal government. But things like where you you know public areas that Jr. alluded to, what you do once you've arrested somebody uh, for state crimes, that's a lot. Uh, you know, it's much more shades of gray in that area, and I might rule with the state. Only the most reasonable man in America. That's all. That's all. Have you heard? Have you heard about what happened in Texas? You haven't heard? Oh my God, listen to this. Okay, so uh, here's uh, Laredo, Texas. We have Laredo on a map, yeah. As you can see, it's right down there in southern Texas. You know where, see, Laredo is, is, is very close to Mexico. It's like right across from Mexico. You want to know what happened in Laredo? Did you hear what happened in Laredo? Oh my God, a Mexican drug gang called the Zetas. The Zetas rampaged over the border and took over two ranches in Laredo, Texas. American ranches now being run right now by a Mexican drug gang. So presumably like the cattle on the ranch are being herded by that Mexican drug gang. All of the rancher's stuff being used by that Mexican drug gang. Presumably all of the tractors now being driven by the Mexican drug gang. Mexican drug gangs ha have officially breached the border. The invasion from Mexico has begun. Did you hear about it? Did you hear about it? 
If you live in right-wingville in this country, then I'm sure you have heard all about it. None of it is true. None of those things actually happened. But you'd never know it in right-wingville, and it is a great story, right? It was originally fed to a tiny blog by an anti-immigration activist. Then it spread like wildfire across conservative corners of the internet. It was hailed as an act of war against the sovereign borders of the United States. It made its way to the blog of a conservative Fox News commentator named Michelle Malkin. It, of course, made it to the blog of the conservative activist who peddled the fake Shirley Sherrod is a racist scandal. It was everywhere. Drug cartel gunmen invade Texas. Rich is seized. The only problem, of course, um, not true. Just ask around in Laredo. The Webb County Sheriff said, quote, Our deputies went out there and talked to ranch owners in the area and found nothing. An investigator for the Laredo Police Department, where all this was supposedly going down, said, quote, Basically everyone was shrugging their soldier shoulders. There was no proof or evidence that was found. How does a story like this go that far around Wingnutville while plainly exculpatory, plainly contradictory evidence is out there? While the people who would actually know if it was true, when asked, say it's not true. How does a story like this get so much traction? It's because it's a good story particularly if you're looking to gin up your political base on the issue of immigration, particularly if what you need to rile up your base is a good scare white people story. There's a lot of these good but fake stories out there about scary non-white people doing scary things, all reported by conservative news outlets in a way designed to gin up maximum fear. But in immigration politics, the fake scary immigrant stories are legion. You might have also heard the one about Phoenix, Arizona now being the number two kidnapping capital of the world. That's become a mainstream conservative talking point that's been trotted out over and over again by Republicans. When PolitiFact Texas checked that claim out when it was made by the lieutenant governor of Texas back in June, they found it to be, and I quote, false. Nevertheless, Republican Senator John McCain repeated it a few weeks later on Meet the Press. Why is it that Phoenix, Arizona is the number two kidnapping capital of the world. Does that mean our border is safe? Of course not. Same claim, same results. And I quote, false, according to PolitiFact. Despite that, Republican Senator John Kyle, undaunted, is still going for it. This was in this weekend. Phoenix is, the, uh, is a very large source of kidnapping. It's called the kidnapping capital of the United States. It's like it's just too good a talking point to stop using it, even though it's not true. John Kyle also distinguished himself by going into great detail about how awful illegal immigration has made crime in his home state of Arizona, a state you would think he would take care to know some factual things about. In some of these border towns that were thought to be susceptible to uh, law-breaking of illegal immigrants, the crime is actually down. Crime in Phoenix, for instance, is down significantly over the last couple <clears> of years. Well, that's, that's a, a gross generalization. Property crimes are up. Certain violent crimes on certain parts of the citizenry are up. Property crimes are up. Violent crimes are up. Define up. Senator Kyle, let's take property crimes first. There were about 231,000 property crimes in the state of Arizona last year, in 2009. That was down from the year before, which had about 262,000 property crimes, a number that was down from the year before that, which was down from the year before that. Property crimes are down in Arizona right now. Senator Kyle also mentioned violent crimes being up. 
Let's have a look at what he thinks about up in this context. In 2009, there were about 26,000 violent crime offenses in Arizona, a number down from the year before, which was also down from the year before that, which happened to be down from the year before that. So down, 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 also known in anti-immigrant scare white people politics as up. The United States of America has an unsecured border between Arizona and Mexico, which has led to violence, the worst I have ever seen, and numbers that stagger those who are unfamiliar with the issue. Yes, they are staggering numbers for the exact opposite reason of what you mean. Whether or not you want to run on an anti-immigrant platform is up to you. It's a political decision. Everybody gets to choose their own political strategy. But as they say, you do not get to choose your own facts. Republicans have decided that running against immigrants is once again a great electoral opportunity for them, at least in the primaries. But they've apparently decided that they need some very extreme scare white people stories this time around in order to justify this year's crop of anti-immigrant proposals that they want to run on. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, for example, at one point in his career, he was thought of as a relatively policy-driven guy, a relatively fact-based Republican. How far he's come. Just last week, Senator Graham floated the idea of rescinding the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. That's the one that says if you're born here, you're a U.S. citizen. Put into place after the Civil War so slaves could not be denied citizenship. Lindsey Graham wants to get away with, do away with that. And the idea of rescinding that has now gained support from Republican Senator John Kyle, as well as the top Republican in the Senate, Mitch McConnell. I mean, if you think about it, you have to come up with pretty extreme stories about how awful immigration is in order to justify extreme stuff like repealing the 14th Amendment. I mean, sure, repealing the 14th Amendment is a radical idea, but it's exactly what we need if the Zetas are driving tractors in Laredo. Republicans bring up immigration cyclically whenever they think it's going to be good for their electoral hopes. It actually never really turns out to be all that good for them, but they always think it's going to. It's, it's at least a good Republican primary issue, not a very good general election issue. Illegal immigration always has to be refashioned into a crisis for every electoral cycle that Republicans want to use it. But the overall fact about illegal immigration, and this is going to shock you if you've been paying attention to some of the darker corners of the internet, the overall fact about illegal immigration is that it's not actually getting worse. What you're looking at is a graph of Border Patrol apprehensions over the last 30 years. Illegal immigration is by definition hard to measure. It's illegal and covert. But apprehensions are one of the best static measures that we've got of the scale of the problem over time. And as you can see here, the number of apprehensions made, say, back in 1978, all the way over there on the left side of the graph, roughly identical to the number of apprehensions in 2008. I mean, look at the last 10 years. Look at what's happened since, 2000, since the year 2000. App apprehensions essentially have cratered. Republicans have to make it seem like illegal immigration is getting worse every election cycle. There's more and more and more of them. But when you actually look at the best information we've got about illegal immigration, it's a relatively static measure that's been relatively the same for roughly my entire lifetime. The thing that it seems to most fluctuate with is whether or not there are jobs here for people to do. But don't tell that to the professional hysteria mongers who think the Zetas have taken over ranches in Texas. It is too good a story. It is too scary to white people to give up. Who cares if it's true? The world's locked up in your head. You've been pouring it a concrete bed. Your habits are so You don't realize.
will offer Platinum Plus citizenship. It's the Onion Radio News. I'm Doyle Redland. The Senate approved legislation today establishing Platinum Plus citizenship, an exciting new program offering special benefits and discounts to select U.S. citizens who earn over $100,000 a year. President Clinton signed the bill into law. By becoming a Platinum Plus citizen, you join an exclusive club of elite Americans enjoying special tax breaks and air travel perks. It's our way of saying thank you to our best customers. Platinum Plus citizens will also be given more plush seating than that of regular econo budget citizens. Doyle Redland for the Onion Radio News. I'm in for bad, you're good for good. Tell me, what good is that to me? You decided to wash your hands in Last night on the show, we talked about how the right is making stuff up about illegal immigrants and immigration to scare people, especially those of us with not that much melanin. Uh, today we have learned that scaring white people for fun and profit is not only politically expedient, it's also increasingly easy to do. Tea Party Nation, the for-profit, ostensibly grassrootsy gang which first introduced America to what was written on Sarah Palin's poem during public appearances, that group sent out an email this morning directing all of their subscribers to their website because they said, the drumbeat for amnesty is here. And you just thought you were hearing things. But Tea Party Nation has created a new online forum on which they've asked Tea Partiers to post stories of illegal immigration. And not just any stories will do. Quoting from the email here, quote, if I, if have been the victim of a crime, it's actually missing the you pronoun, that's actually what it says. If have been the victim of a crime by an illegal, or if your business has gone under because your competition uses illegals, or if you have lost your job to illegals, we want to know about it. If you have photos and videos of illegals or their supporters doing outrageous things, like burning the American flag or putting the Mexican flag above ours or showing racist posters, please share those as well. We need to get the true story out about illegal immigration and we need your help to do it. So if, if you say know of an, uh, an undocumented immigrant who has helped an old lady across the street or helped a stranger with a spare tire or for heaven's sake, saved a puppy from drowning, oh, do not post that on the Tea Party Nation Immigration Forum. Acts of decency by people without papers are disqualified from this forum. Quick, someone saved a puppy from the illegal Mexican drug cartel water in Laredo. They only want stories of immigrants being bad. That's specifically what they've asked for in this email appeal to their supporters. They know that illegal immigrants being bad is the truth. Now they just need to find some evidence of that to back up that truth, since they already know it's true, before they get the evidence. 
Scaring white people for fun and profit is not a new idea. It is not a new goal, but its means have come a long way, baby. Remember the white hands ad from 1990 tapping white resentment about affirmative action to get North Carolina to vote for Jesse Helms against a black candidate? Well, now they don't need slick commercials or TV time to get across that message. Now the fact-free fear and loathing to make white people afraid for electoral purposes, now it's user-generated. Thanks for listening, everyone. So what I wanted to say on this issue for the day is to take a little bit of a step back. I mean, Rachel Maddow talked about it kind of at the end of the show there, uh, you know, about how it's uh, politically expedient to scare white people into thinking that brown people are coming to uh, get them, uh, take their jobs, steal their families, uh, kill them in their sleep, that sort of thing. And, uh, And so when you take a step back... It's amazing what this uh, this whole topic is really all about because, you know, the other thing we've heard is uh, you know, I, I don't think in today's show, but in, in previous shows and I've heard it multiple places that when you look at actual crime statistics, you know, there's absolutely nothing worse about border crime now than there was 10 years ago. I mean, it's been totally rock solid and steady. So, um, you know, so the fact that this sort of issue comes up only every two or four years during election time is absolutely a function of the fact that conservatives and Republicans in particular just don't have any good ideas that people would actually be excited to get behind. All they have are scare the crap out of you ideas and we promise that if you elect us then you don't have to be scared anymore. And so when you, you know, when you look at it, I mean, it's, it is about racism and it is about, uh, you know, economic justice and it is about all of those things, but that's not why we're talking about it. We're actually talking about it specifically because Republicans have no good ideas. And so this is the crap they come up with and they're actually capable of stirring up enough of a fervor about it that it becomes national news. And uh, that's unfortunate, to say the least. Now on to show news, actually. I have very exciting news, uh, long, long-awaited news to report that uh, that the Best of Left iPhone and iPod Touch application that has uh, been you know widely appreciated by those who have used it so far just got a gigantic update. And this is all, you know, it's really thanks to the fact that uh, Apple finally updated you know, the operating system software, which now allows for um, multitasking between applications. And so by far, I mean, you know, and there's no no question about it, uh, no reason to wonder why this has been the, the most requested feature. By far the most requested feature is, can I please listen to the show through the application while using another application at the same time. So now, as it just so happens, that was possible before. That you know that has basically uh, always been possible, but it was kind of a workaround. It was a little bit, you know, it was kind of you could kind of listen to it while using other applications. It was a little tricky, a little funky, and now you know with the new operating system, 
brand new update. Everything's, you know, up to par and totally compatible with the new system. You can actually go in and use it the way you always imagined you should be able to you go in. And it's actually faster now You know, with, with a lot of the updates behind the scenes that actually it actually doesn't change the way you use the app, but it uh, they changed a lot of things in the background of how the app actually functions. So it's actually gotten a huge speed boost. So it, it loads faster. Everything about it is faster on top of the fact that you can now uh, listen to the show in the background uh, while using other applications. And, and it functions uh, exactly the same way like Pandora works. And that's that's the application that plays music and has gotten a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of publicity about you can now listen to Pandora in the background on your iPhone or iPod Touch. And so now Best of the Left uh, works in exact the same way. So if you tried it out before and that you know that lack of a feature uh, bothered you, go get the update. You'll be perfectly happy now. If you uh, went into the iTunes store and you saw like a couple of reviews saying, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good show and the app is like, it's almost there, but it needs a couple of features. Chances are the features that those commenters were complaining about have been updated and are now uh, the way you probably want it. And if you never went and got it in the first place, uh, well, then there's never been a better time. So that's all there is about that. I wanted to uh, continue to encourage you to uh, go over to Podcast Alley and vote for all of the progressive shows that are looking to dominate that top 10 list over at Podcast Alley. Of course, that is this show, Best of the Left, uh, Jack Clark's Blast the Right, old school, uh, you know, hardcore progressive who's uh, been doing a great show for a long time, and of course, the uh, venerable Young Turks. So right now, if you go to Podcast Alley, you will see all of those shows listed right there in the top 10 list. Keep voting for those. It happens every month. You know, you only have to vote once, but then the voting resets every month. So I'm encouraging you to head over there, uh, put in your vote for the month, and keep us right there in the top 10. Even the top three is where we'd all like to be. So now finally, uh, before I go, I just want to thank a couple of members. Of course, the members make the show possible. So Jennifer S. signed up for a monthly membership back on March 14th, just paying five bucks a month. Totally cheap, but makes a huge difference. Uh, you know, she and all of the members who sign up uh, all together makes a huge, huge difference. And then uh, more recently, Joseph M. signed up for a membership on uh, on July 7th. And Joseph actually went ahead and signed up for a year in advance and went above and beyond the standard membership level just to help out a little bit more. So I want to thank him especially for that. So that's going to be it for today. Please continue to support the show by telling everyone you meet about it. They will thank you for it, I promise. To stay connected between episodes, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also help spread the word about the show through those services, of course. For details on the show itself, including links to all the sources and music used in this and every episode, all of that is always posted over on the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you 10 times a month, thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. Black and white You took apart a picture that wasn't right Pitch burning on a shining sheet The only maker that you want to meet A dying man in a living room Whose shadow bases the floor